Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Obsession. Being obsessed. To the end zone. Wide open. Mizell with the touchdown. Second and ten. Turn around. WGN Radio's very own Adam Ho. The good news is I'm innocent. I've never stolen anything in my life. And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. I can see! It must not do. I'm late! I can walk! Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage. And he's picked off! And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. Session. Being obsessed. And now, here they are. Perfection. The Adams. Yeah, baby. Hogan Johns. Get those brokers back in here. Turn the machines back on. <laughs> A little bit of Shrek in there. Is that what it was? Donkey. That was Donkey. Eddie Murphy. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, welcome in. Episode 196 of Hogan Johns. Back at it. Bears and Giants this week in the Meadowlands. The New Jersey Giants. <laughs> it should be. They play in a different state. They can't be. Yeah. They yeah. should be New York. Literally one of the worst. Look, it's a good venue, but getting there. Yeah. yeah. You're in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jersey's all that bad, but going from Manhattan to there, exactly easy. Did I ever tell you the story where I almost got stranded there last, last time we were there? In the Meadowlands? Yeah. Why? What'd you do? I did, uh, it probably had something to do with the Northwestern game, but I decided to fly in and out on the same day. And so... Into Newark? Into Newark. Okay. So I flew into Newark, took an Uber to the stadium, and then was going to take an Uber right back and get home, which you could do between New York and Chicago very easily. Uh... I had my phone was acting up, you know. I was still when when Apple was trying to scam you on their batteries, which they finally admitted they were doing. So all of a sudden you'd be at like forty percent, and then just it would die. Yeah. So I after the game get the work done. I think we we did a quick podcast that day because I had to run to the airport, and I put the Uber in, and I'm walking out. I'm now I'm out, and one time we got stranded. We got stuck in the stadium. If you remember that, it's also hard to get out of there. They lock you in. <laughs> that actually happens that, to us more than people think. That does happen a lot. Uh, anyway, I get outside looking for the Uber, and my phone dies completely. And I'm like, well, what do I do? I go back upstairs and charge it, but now I'm locked out of the stadium. And there's no way I can find the Uber now because it's a big stadium. I don't know. So I'm like, what the hell do I do? I have a flight to catch. I'm running late. So they have these gypsy cabs. Gypsy cabs. Well, that's what they call them. Okay. But they're like the ones that are unmarked. They have unmarked cabs. Yes, I know yeah, what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. So, so that's I've I asked some guy like, "Hey, do you know where I can find any kind of cab?" And he like took me over the sketchy minivan. <laughs> and you got in. And I'm like, 
Uh, Straight cash, baby. Can you take me to the airport? This is like old school Uber before they had an app yeah. and before you knew you were safe. <laughs> <laughs> I got home. He took You're me still to, here. He took me to the airport. I think it was pretty expensive. The, the last time we were in New York, Pat Finley and I were stranded, not stranded, but it was pouring rain out or something, and we were down in, oh gosh, where were we, Soho or something like that, and we had to get up to by, by Central Park where our, our hotel was, and we couldn't get an Uber, couldn't get a taxi, and this guy pulls up, and he goes, hey, where are you going? I'm like, we, we told him, near, near Central Park, you know, Marriott Marquis, I forget where we were staying. Yeah. He's like, all right, 20 bucks each. So, <laughs> that's one of the, yeah, that's one yeah. of these cabs I'm talking yeah. about. Sold. 40 I hope bucks. That, I hope that, uh, well, yeah. All right. Anyway, hopefully no one gets stranded this week. <laughs> Here we go. Big oh, Apple, baby. It is, uh, I love going to New York, and, um, it's, but something always Something it's New York City happens. It's New York City. That's right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Our producer is Joe Romano, at Joey Joe Rowe with an R-O. I'm here. I'm alive. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Jojo. You're alive, but you still sound kind of sad. Oh, yeah. I, I'll be depressed until next year. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the bowl game will boost me back up. No, it's all right. Joe went to the Michigan-Ohio State game, <laughs> which uh, did not go so well for Michigan. No. No, but, it didn't. Or Joe. No. Or Joe. Yeah. How are the fans? Because uh, there are some stories going around on Twitter, and Ohio yeah. State is one of the worst places to go in you know, terms of how the home crowd treats you. It's awful. By me, it was it was all right. I was um, Adam. You've been there. That the press box. I was like eye level with the press box. So oh. you walk in, and we went up some stairs, and then up another set of stairs, and then continued to go up more stairs. And I was like three rows from the top. So I think people might have been too tired to uh, say anything about my sweet Michigan hat. But um, yeah, I mean, there were a couple f bombs on the way into the stadium. Um, a, a, a college uh, lady. Uh, got in my face after the after the game, but just like in and out, and then I got shoved on one street. But for the most part, it was um, <laughs> like hard shoved, or just like a like yeah. It was one of those like where a I had shoulder to, walk by, like yeah. It was it was there were there were uh, fists and not fists, but hands involved. It was it, it wasn't like a anything where I like lost my balance, but I did have to like stop and like keep my cool. Like he's he's with ten other you know drunk nineteen year olds, you know. And, 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 and that that stuff actually happens. It's awful. And this was unprompted, right, Joe? Oh, right. I it's mean, not like, w- okay. what am I going to be talking trash about? <laughs> yeah, I, this happened once. We're leaving a Wisconsin-Iowa game in Iowa City, and I would say Iowa was the second worst in terms of fan behavior. And literally, Wisconsin wins the game, and we're just walking back to the car down a hill. Completely unprompted, dude comes from behind and just decks my buddy's brother. Really? And he gets up and he's like, I'm a Marine. What are you going to do? And all these other Iowa fans, I'll give him credit, were like, well, way to represent the Marines. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, and then just a general PSA, it's sports. Settle down. Do you see yesterday Jeff Brown decides not to go to Louisville and they had to cancel classes at Trinity High School, which is his alma mater, because like they call, someone called in threats to the high school because he didn't take a job. Scary, man. Super Settle scary. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's football. College fans might be worse, I think, than pro fans. Oh, absolutely. It's on a whole different level. You get these small towns where there's less to do and it's all they have. They don't some places where they don't even have pro teams. Now, Ohio is different. They have plenty of pro teams and Ohio State kind of is just the state school, whatever. Yeah. I don't know why it's so bad in Columbus, but every time we go there, it is bad. So I, anyway, I saw a picture of a really drunk Michigan fan. And it was Joe. Yeah. Hold but on, was, hold on. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there was vomit all over the place in the stands and his shirt, and he was slumped over. Oh. And people had like formed a circle around him, not like like staring him down or anything, just keeping a safe distance from this inebriated mess. <laughs> inebriated mess. In a yellow shirt. That's a yellow vomit. How is that fun? I don't I don't know. I was the college kid that didn't get drunk before the games cuz I cared that much about the football that I you know, I'd have a couple beers before the games, but I would never go to a game drunk. I know people ever. who went to whether it's Blackhawks Stanley Cup final games or even Bears games where they don't drink. They stop drinking at some point cuz they don't want to get up to pee. That's another thing. Well, another thing, at Wisconsin, they didn't sell beer inside the stadium. So it's like, all of a sudden, if you were drunk, it's like you're coming down in the middle of the second quarter. Yeah. Time to go. (laughs) What do you do? Um, All right. Anyway, college stories. We'll wrap this up. We'll bring the podcast full circle with picking some college games here at the end. Uh, In the meantime, read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears, ChicagoSunTimes.com. Search Hogan Johns on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, We're happy that Joe is alive and okay. Yeah, buddy. Sorry that they lost, though. Oh. Honestly, I wanted to see Northwestern play Michigan instead of Ohio State. But better matchup. Uh, and the podcast brought to you by Jerry Haggerty, Chevrolet, and Glen Ellen. For value and integrity, it has to be Haggerty. Jerry Haggerty, Chevrolet.com. Go see them in Glen Ellen. And if you do, make sure you tell them that Hogue and Johns sent you. We are skipping voicemails this week. Uh, I think people were busy on Thanksgiving. Didn't get a whole lot of them, just being completely honest. We also didn't ask for them as much as we usually do. And uh, I don't blame you. It's also a week ago. So we're going to skip the voicemails this week and move right into conversation as we prepare for... <laughs> it's, it's a second. It's is what that we a new, do. Is that a new segment? Conversation. conversation. I like it. I'll have Ernie voice it. Conversation. I like it. Conversation. <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky. Doesn't sound like he's playing. No. It's okay. It's, the national media has just ruled him out completely. Yeah. I'm looking at the NFL Network right now. It says on the screen, Garofolo. QB, Mitch Trubisky, shoulder, will not play Sunday at Giants. So when we're watching practice or the 10 minutes we're allowed to watch practice, and Mitch Trubisky is the first quarterback to go through the individual drills, a footwork drill. Yeah. I'm sitting there, and he's going, he's going. I'm telling myself, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Come on, throw the ball. Didn't throw the ball. Didn't throw the ball. I'm like, all right, maybe it's just a footwork drill. Chase Daniel comes in does an abbreviated footwork drill and throws a pass to Adam Shaheen. I'm like, oh, okay, this is where we're going. Not playing. Yeah, Chase is playing. Uh, Here's what I will say, though, um, because I I get a little bit of angst from fans until he plays or until you see a little bit more progress. There's always that thought in the back of your head, like, is this worse than the Bears are letting on? What I would say to that is, the fact that he was even out there in a limited fashion yesterday, and they were letting him do basically everything that doesn't involve throwing the football, correct, 
is a little encouraging because I don't think they would even have him doing that stuff if we're talking about him missing multiple weeks after this. While it's disconcerting he's not throwing the football, I get it. You're right, though. His participation. He was... I got a sense just watching him, he was a bit jovial. Yeah. Does that make sense? As jovial as one can be practicing but not preparing the play. Well, just by comparison, when Mac was out, he wasn't even out there. Now, he may have come out to practice after we left, but those days where he was out, those games he missed, the the brief portion open to the media, we didn't even see him out there. It's not like he was going through individual drills. Now, he had a leg injury. That's different than your arm. I get it. Um, I will say, though, this, this is why I've been saying it from the very first day. It is a throwing shoulder. It is a quarterback, and this is his throwing shoulder. To me, that automatically comes with concern. I don't yeah. care how minor it is. That comes with concern. So I think that all signs are pointing to this being a situation where they're being careful and they expect them to play against the Rams in a week. But if it's not getting better, that's concerning. Well, I think it has gotten better okay. to a point where he's allowed to run around, give big high fives to his teammates, run, sprint, he was doing that as well. And he's using the arm. He's using the arm. It's moving. It's, it's not it, like it's been in a sling. No, no. Ex- exactly. I haven't seen him in a sling. So, yes, disconcerting, throwing shoulder. I get it. I'm just willing to give Matt Nagy the benefit of the doubt. He says it's similar to Khalil Mack and Al Robinson. I get they're different injuries, but the Bears are approaching it the same way. And, again, we would see Khalil Mack before games running around, Throwing the football around. This was before the Jets and the Bills. Before he didn't, he didn't play in those games. Right. If it was that serious, he would not be allowed to be running around on the field before the game. If Mitch Trubisky's injury was that serious, he would not be allowed to be running around, going through footwork drills, moving his arm to a certain extent, but not throwing passes. But he would not be allowed to practice or do anything if it was that serious. Do you believe, though, when Matt Nagy multiple times yesterday denies that I don't want to put words into his mouth, but the question was basically, are you holding him out because you have a bigger game next week? Oh, and he denied that. Yes. He's like, that's not how okay. we operate. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a fib. I think that's a fib. I, I think it's totally... I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, Matt Nagy, it's a fib. Matt Nagy has been um, probably 95% truthful with the media, which for a head coach is... Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure there's been some white lies and fibs there. Yeah. Well, White Lies and Fibs, Father of Three. Sounds like a musical album or something. Yes, or a kid's book. Well, Brought I to you by Adam and Adam. It's a little, uh, it's a little, it, a head coach not going to come out and be like, yeah, we're keeping him out because we're playing the Giants. This yeah, week. well, I, I get it. Well, it, it's I, just give the guy the benefit of, of the doubt, you know, in terms of like White Lies and Fibs, what, what are we coming from? Blatant obstruction and flat out lies. Okay, <laughs> from John Fox. That that's actually a great transition, and you don't even know that this is the audio that I have. Okay, but that worked out really well. So yesterday, I'm on the Rokan show with Anna Devlantes uh, on 720 WGN in the afternoons, and their their producer Brian Alzheimer had this piece of audio that I think is from two seasons ago that they put together. But if if you're kind of depressed right now about Mitch Trubisky's injury and maybe the fact that Akeem Hicks showed up on the injury report yesterday with an Achilles, 
Just remember how it used to be. All right, updated on the injury report. It's uh, fairly extensive. Uh, Jay Cutler, thumb, did not participate. Right thumb, excuse me. Kadeem Carey, hamstring, did not participate. Eddie Goldman, ankle, did not participate. Uh, Lamar Houston, knee, did not participate. Uh, Danny Trefathen, thumb, did not participate. Adrian Amos, concussion, did not participate. Uh, Bryce Callahan, concussion, did not participate. Uh, Chris Brzezinski, calf, did not participate. Uh, the following guys were all limited. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, knee. Robert Massey, toe. Josh Sitton, shoulder. Kyle Fuller, knee. Uh, Sherrick McManus, wrist. Tracy Porter, knee. Those were the good old days. I actually love the show MASH. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the other guy. I love the show you MASH. You just love MASH? Yes. I used to watch it all the time. Growing up as a kid, Fox 32 would have Simpsons at 10, MASH at 10.30. Going to bed at 11 as a 10-year-old kid, but that's what we did. Loved it. As an odd childhood. Yes. This, everybody loves the Simpsons. Well, the Simpsons, but then right to MASH? Okay. Uh Anyway, great job by the crew with the Rocon. <laughs> yes, that's, that's good stuff. Um, and they're on uh, three to seven on WGM Monday through Friday. Uh, I, they played that while I was on with them, and <laughs> I'm like, I, "Can you send that to me? I gotta play it on the podcast." So, um, thanks to those guys for sending it over. Just a good reminder. That's like over a quarter of the roster. Yeah, that John Fox just named it an injury. I remember that day. I remember that day. Did not I, think I would hear Kadeem Carey's name today. No. <laughs> <laughs> John no. Fox loved him some Kadeem Carey. He did. It, what did he say about uh, the left nipple? <laughs> Remember that at the combine? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like uh-huh. he's got he's got something special underneath the left nipple or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, that's a sound. Last year, everybody, the Bears were three and eight at this point, coming off a spanking by the Eagles, and now they're eight and three. Right. Yes, Chase Daniel is in, but these are better times. And for the second time this season, one of your players was named Defensive Player of the Month in the NFC. Eddie Jackson getting that honor this morning, a day after he was named Defensive Player of the Week. What a year. What a pick. Fourth rounder. Traded up for him. They got a good one. You know, there was a play, because um, I was watching the... The Vikings tape. <laughs> no, I was watching the Lions tape last night. Oh, oh, On to the Lions. I'm getting closer. You you're getting closer. You, okay. you know, there's another game coming up Sunday, yeah, Adam. I'm, don't worry. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, but last night, I was watching the Lions tape. It was that throw out to Theo Riddick <laughs> where he stepped out of bounds at the eight, but almost dove into the end zone. If you watch how far Eddie... J- that was actually a rare busted coverage by the Bears. Um Looked like Kyle Fuller was playing man. Oh, like kind of a wheel route or something yeah. out of the backfield by Theo Riddick? Kyle Fuller was playing man. Uh, looked like everyone else was playing zone. And Theo Riddick was wide open. Eddie Jackson was on the other side of the field. Came in towards the line of scrimmage at the beginning and then ran straight out when he saw. That was not his guy. And he ran all the way over there. And now Theo ended up stepping out at the eight. But had he been inbounds, he saved a touchdown. Because otherwise, he would have gone right in the end zone. Yeah, no, so, I remember the play. The effort on the play matters whether or not Theo stepped out at the eight or not. Uh, he came a long way. It just showed you the range that he has. The only, if we're nitpicking on Eddie Jackson's game right now, which it's fair. 
He misses one tackle, I feel like, per game. Yeah. No, you're right. He, you know, he missed one on Riddick in open space. It, it happens. He's been very critical of himself in terms of his tackling. He knows it's been a negative on him or a knock on him coming out from Alabama last year. And he has improved significantly, but they still show up. That said, give me the pick six any day. You know, it, it, I've, I, every once in a while I bring up how I keep my own grades throughout the season. This, this It caught me last night when I finally got through the Vikings and Lions tape and put this all in. He's not up there with Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. And even guys like Eddie Goldman and Tariq Cohen, who I have very high, Allen Robinson... Um, Eddie Jackson's far, farther down the list, and um, you know sometimes stuff like that happens, and this is why at the end of the year I usually go back and I you know try to adjust stuff and regrade things. But like, it kind of was like, why? Why is that? And I honestly don't know. Um, now he did have two rough games against the Dolphins and Patriots. Yeah, let's not forget that. So that's probably why it's brought him down a little bit. But he's having an outstanding year. There's no question about it. Um, he's got a chance to be All Pro at safety, and unlike last year where. Adrian Amos got some of that type of recognition from the pro football focus people. This this is legit. Well, he's making legit game-changing plays. Yeah. That's what interceptions do. That's what pick sixes do. That's what returning fumbles so-and-so yards do. Adrian Amos, regardless of what PFF said last year, did not do that. And look, we can nitpick on Eddie, uh, Eddie Jackson. I think he's going to be an outstanding player. He's only getting better. Go back to the Packers game where he tried to jump the route to Randall Cobb, which ended up costing the Bears big time. He's still growing. He's still evolving. He's getting better, but he's still producing in a major way. He's still in the second season, which is yes. incredible. The other thing I spotted on the tape the other night, or last night, did you see what I tweeted out with Cody Whitehair jumping? This is incredible. Here, I'll show it to you right now. Three Cohen's running out of bounds and like going straight into Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair jumps like <laughs> it doesn't even skip a beat. And then he just Good. like lands perfectly and runs right out on the field, yeah. like all in sync. Yeah. yeah. He is uh He's so athletic. He's so athletic. He's also the guy at practice that wears shorts. Only guy that wears shorts. Have you noticed that too? I have not noticed that. So as we're standing there watching practice yesterday, I'm like, man, it's the second week in a row Cody Whitehair's doing the shorts thing. No regard for his legs. Well, I'm joking, obviously. But well, he, it's just a note. Take his, it down. His, his legs look fine. He's a short guy. Yes. Okay. The box obviously. jump over yeah, Tariq yes, Cohen. Yes, yes. All in sync. Check it out on my Twitter account, at Adam Hogue. I tweeted it out last night. Uh, anyway, what else do I have on this list here? Oh, Pro Bowl voting. Speaking of honors for the Bears defensive players, it, this was funny. You know, the, the last week the was the first time the NFL started releasing some of the Pro Bowl voting, and the Bears weren't. I think Khalil Mack was number one in his position, but otherwise some of the other guys were were a little bit far behind. And you know what? It's I can't blame the fans because they haven't been in the habit of voting for Pro Bowlers in a really long time. And it was like it was sort of like this wake up call last week. Oh yeah, there's a Pro Bowl. What's that? And we can vote for yeah, players yeah. on the team to put them in. Anyway, a bunch of guys shot up the list this week. Uh, now Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, and Tariq Cohen as a return specialist are all leading. Are all the leading Pro Bowl vote getters at their respective? Oh, good, positions. good, good, good. Akeem Hicks? Did you say Akeem Hicks? No, no, he's a little bit. He's farther down there. Yeah, he still can't get the love, huh? Which is um, one of these days. I'm going to make a montage of all the incredible plays he makes. There's, twice a game, he just embarrasses a guard. Yeah, just embarrasses him. 
either bulldozes him over or does that quick swim move yeah. and the guy just falls over. I, I like the, the times where he just stands up a grown man. Stands up a grown man and holds him off and then decides to throw him. Like he, he maintains his gap integrity, yada, yada, yada. And then he, once he sees it's, it's wherever the ball is going or it's a play-action play, he just takes this grown man mm-hmm. and throws him. He's done that a few times this year. There was one, Grown men. There was one play, and I'm confusing the two tapes, so it was either against the Vikings or Lions, but he, he was totally engaged with the offensive lineman, and then the running back was basically running next to him, and it looked like he was fully blocked, and he just took his right arm out and tackled the guy with one arm. Yeah. While in fully engaged with a blocker. It's, some of these plays that these guys in the Bears defense is making right now, I mean, enjoy it. Because there's no guarantee. I know everyone started in this conversation like, oh, well, you know, they're like the 2015 Cubs, and next year is the year they're going to win the Super Bowl. It doesn't always happen that way. You know, next year there could be injuries that they haven't had this year. You you just never know. So the point is, enjoy it while it's lasting because there are some special plays being made on defense right now. Well, the best example of that, the Bears have 20 interceptions this year with five games remaining. And that's after having eight? It's crazy. Like three years in a row or something? It's crazy. Yeah. Um so uh are we supposed to read that Bob Dabrowski email? It's long. We we need a whole separate podcast just to read it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to it, Bob. I was out to dinner last night and I was scrolling through it. I'm like, wow, Bob. It's long. I sent him that. Yeah, you did. Your response was so Bob Dabrowski <laughs> sends like a five thousand word <laughs> Phil Emery like email. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you're, I'm trying to find your response because it was so funny. It was just like, this is a really long email. <laughs> LOL. This is a really long email. <laughs> After all that effort. There's that, a PS in there. That was all the, yeah, there was a PS. And that was like another 500 word. <laughs> uh, it was some trick play. We'll get to it. Yeah. You can't, th- here's what I'll say, Bob. You can't throw the ball forward twice though. Yeah. He wanted like to throw it out to Miller, who then throws it back to the quarterback, who then throws it deep. I'll tell you what. We'll just forward your email to Matt Nagy, and we'll see if he can come up with something for you. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can. Um, should we get into this game? Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's Bears and Giants on Sunday in the Meadowlands. We sort of mentioned the other day the possibility of this being a trap game. I think when your quarterback's out, though, that kind of changes the dynamic. Yeah. They're going to be well-rested compared to how they were um, a week ago. So here's, here's what I'm going to... To me, the big last week, my biggest question was not about the quarterback. It was how sharp would the defense be? And look, they weren't... We talked about this on Tuesday. They weren't as sharp as they had been. No. But they did enough to win the game, which was my question. This time, I would expect a week and a half, get that mini buy. They should come back sharp. They should be sharp. Um, and I don't think they'll fall into the trap that they did against the Dolphins where they actually weren't all that sharp coming out of the buy. I think they probably learned from that experience. So this time, I'm going to flip it around. And my big question is, can Chase Daniel play as well as he did against you the You just line? said all that about the defense and you go to Chase Daniel? Yeah. I wanted to talk about Chase Daniel. Okay, well, here, you can, take, you can talk about all it. All right. Now. I, I want to see. Okay, let me just rephrase your question. How good can Chase Daniel be with a week's worth of preparation? 
not a week's worth, but a more preparation than he got last week. I thought that was the most impressive thing of of last week. Agree. Two walkthroughs, a meeting in a in a hotel, and he played that well. And you said it on Tuesday, and I verified it watching the tape again. I mean, they, he there really there was like maybe one questionable throw where the guy was in, but he was in one on one coverage. Yeah, it wasn't like in the double coverage. He made the right decisions. He was in total command of the offense. It was comfortable. Can he be better? I, I think it's safe to expect. I think the Bears are even expecting a similar performance, if not better. They may be hitting Tariq Cohen on the out and up. Or maybe it's connecting an Allen Robinson and the deep ball where he throws behind him for the back shoulder throw. Remember that one? So, obviously, he did not have ample reps last week. He had no reps, really, at full speed with Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen, all these guys. Now he's getting it today, later. He got it yesterday. He'll have more on Wednesday and Friday. He'll have more meetings on Saturday. So the, the, it sets up for a Chase Daniel. I don't want to say a rebound performance, but something he has something to build on, and he has practices to help him do that. I want to see how good he could be. I I think that's a good question. I just I think it would be unrealistic to expect him to play better than he did against the Lions. You don't think practice makes perfect? <laughs> well, I, I I get what you're saying. I think it like, can help, but it, it, the 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 bottom line is he kind of exceeded expectations against the Lions. He did, oh, he oh, did he better did. than I thought he could he, with no practice. He did, he did, he did. That's that's what made that game so impressive. But I don't think the Giants have that great of a defense. They only have 14 sacks this season. The only team that has less than that is John Gruden's Raiders because yeah. they happen to trade away somebody, and they are allowing. Uh, 38 sacks. They have allowed 38 sacks. Yes, yes. So it, it, it sets up it sets up for another efficient performance, or it should. Is it going to be an easy game? No, you're going on the road. you got Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham to, to, to handle. Eli Manning, for all the criticism he's taken, he actually has been better the past several weeks. Yeah, he has. They're, they're losing tight games. As Matt Nagy said, they've been in games. They'll be in this one for a little bit, but the Bears' defense should Pummel them again. Bold predictions. I'm going to go off that sacks thing. Rested, ready to go. Um, five sacks for the Bears. Five sacks. Five sacks for the Bears. Leonard Floyd? Sure, he could have one. Okay, he can have one. It was two years ago where he had the, the ugly neck injury there. So not New York. Uh, it was in New York. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. He played really well, by the way, uh, against the Lions. He's having a decent season. It's just sacks aren't there. Right. He's kind of all over the field. My bold prediction, I'm going to go with the Chase Daniel thing, theme again. 300 yards passing. Okay. And two touchdowns. I don't think it's three. But he hits 300 yards passing. Did he get 300 last shots. week? I think he did. No. No? Like no I think he went for uh, 260. 260. 230. Okay. No. Yeah, you're right. 230. So That sounds right. 300 yards passing, two two touchdowns. Interesting. I still think you have a non-existent running game. Uh, Giants allowing 252 passing yards per game, which ranks 18th in the league. All right. Predictions. 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 
You go first. 20 to 13 Bears. A little low scoring. Yes. It'll be a tight game. Bears will make more plays. Their talent is the difference in the long run. I, I get that the Giants have some special difference-making talents in, again, Beckham, OBJ, and, and Barkley, but I just think the Bears have more, and it's a great defense the Bears have. They should be able to limit those two, uh, and, and I think they will. You know, I look at uh, a couple weeks ago when the Bears played the Vikings and you had Stephon Diggs out there and Adam Thielen, and it, it was interesting because, like, in the middle of the game, I wasn't thinking that Diggs was doing all that much, but then he ended up with, like, how many catches did he end up with? Double-digit catches yeah. in that yeah. game. And uh, Even Dillon had a good game by the end of it. Well, players that are that good are going to get theirs. Yeah. But if you can get to the end of the game and be like, oh, I don't even remember him catching the ball that much, that's a good sign for your cornerbacks. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go here 24 to 16. What's the line right now on it? Uh, it was five and a half the last time I checked. It's also been coming off the board a little bit because of the quarterback situation with Mitch Trubisky. So let's see if I can get a updated. Yeah, it's still Giants by four. Or, um, Giants getting four, um, but most places don't have it on the board because of Trubisky's oh, status. Yeah. So it's huh, four. Yeah, it is four. I'd probably take the Bears with that. I mean, I'm picking one by eight, so. Yeah, the line or the Giants are also very bad in third downs. Just note, like third down defense, third, third down, down defense. Sorry, yes. Yeah, well, the yeah. Bears have been pretty good at. I think tenth um, in the league offensively, uh, third down percentage of forty two point five, and they were really good against the the Vikings a couple weeks ago. Remember that very good third down defense for the Vikings. The Bears came through and converted fifty percent of them in that game. Uh, so, all right, Joe, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say nervous. I think the Giants just aren't a very good football team, but I, I just don't know if the Bears can get up. And, and I think that it's, it's interesting. You brought it up on Tuesday about how they played off of the bye the last time. And did they learn enough, you know, with the extended rest to get to work right away? Um, cause if this pass rush is, is, you know, what they should be, they should get after Eli Manning pretty easily and they should win handily. But, uh, um, picking today, uh, not super confident in Chase Daniels, so I will say twenty four twenty Bears. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. No, the Giants just haven't played that way all year. They've mo- Nagy's right. They've been mostly tight games, and I, you, you said it on Tuesday, Adam. I mean, maybe the Bears would have blown out the Lions had they had Trubisky. So if they're not going to have Trubisky, I, I, I think this plays into a, a closer game that the Bears just managed to pull away in the fourth quarter, make enough plays and win. Might not be pretty again, but you know we're kind of in a situation where when they were going through these losing streaks the last few years, it was like, well, I think they have a chance to win because most of the times the Bears were the team playing close games and losing, right? Yeah. And they, it, they had to find the John Fox era. Well, we get to the point of this this podcast, and I'd be like, I just just I can't pick them. They haven't proven that they can win a game like this. Well, now it's sort of the opposite. They have proven it. Because now uh, they have proven it. They've won five in a row. They're much better than the Giants. So h- why would you logically pick the, the Bears to lose unless you're just kind of going off a gut feeling? Yeah, they're winning the games they're favored in. John Fox, over three years, won one of those games he was favored in. Ooh. Different team, different coach. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually. but Yeah, but that math's not good. 
don't know that. Uh, we did not solicit prop bets. Should we come up with one on the fly here? Pizza battle. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's always the the. the, the Do we get a mention yeah, of New York versus Chicago? Yeah, pizza? one and a half. You, you always get the little photo, photographic comparison there. Underrated part of this game: Kevin Burkhart, Charles Davis. Love that. Yeah, I love oh, that. Uh, he should cut. He could have been with him. Mm. My favorite matchup in the game is Roquan Smith and Saquon Barkley. I'm not sure exactly how to prop bet that though. Tackles. Ooh, ten and a half. Roquan was all over the field against the Lions. Yeah. Ten and a half. Ten and a half tackles? He's going to have a lot. Okay, nine and a half. Let's be fair. I'm going over. So nine and a half is does he get the... I would say... I would actually say ten and a half. Yeah. Okay. And I might still take the over. Right, right. When you keep going over, I think we might need to set it a little higher, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's see if the Bears can get the six wins in a row. I... Uh, We'll talk about it here in a second. Vikings are going to New England. You could pad that lead in the NFC North. Um, the Vikings have a tough one, so uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let's um, we'll stay with the noon games as we jump into our other picks here quickly um, within the division. The Arizona Cardinals go to Green Bay. This line is surprising to me. Packers are fourteen point favorite. Yeah, they're not that good. But of course, the Cardinals are terrible. Are the Cardinals that bad? The Cardinals, the, the, the Packers are a very different team at home, though. Packers have not won on the road. They are. This is noon Sunday on Fox. The Packers have been much better at home, but the Cardinals, other than like they got blown out against the Chargers, and I think they got blown out against the Broncos. For the most part, they've played teams close. Like they went into Kansas City and played a close game and covered. I think I gotta pick the Cardinals. I'm picking the Cardinals too. Yeah, uh, first game back for after you know Aaron Rodgers had his semi relax chat. I'm gonna go with the Packers to cover a 14 sleepy game Blow for out. the Cardinals early. Yep, pa- Packers big. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Mitch, do you have me? Mitch. Mitch, do you have me? Mitch, do you have me? Okay, good, good. Mitch. Rams at Lions. Noon Sunday on Fox. Lions are nine and a half point home dog. I like the Lions. I don't think they're going to win. They're just such a a roller coaster of a team. Remember, they beat the Patriots at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that you're down some offensive weapons. I get it. Galladay's a beast. Stafford is still Stafford. Maybe they have a backdoor cover. I think the Lions can make it a little bit interesting in this one. I don't think they're going to win. The Rams are clearly the better team. But the Lions are the Lions. They have these type of swings. Are they going to get uh, carry on my wayward Johnson? I don't know. Marvin Jones is on IR. Carry on my wayward Johnson. <laughs> You've been waiting all day to say that. Uh, maybe. I actually was waiting like three weeks. I kept forgetting to say it when the Bears were playing the Lions. Ah, <laughs> uh, whoo. That's a big spread. Both teams are well-rested. Maybe the Rams are too rested going off that game against the Chiefs. Looking ahead. They might be. I'm going to take the Rams because I think they're going to be able to get after Stafford on that offensive line. Lions are still banged up. They're not going to have carry on my wayward Johnson. I don't think he practiced yesterday. I'm going to take the Rams. Joe? Yeah, this one's tough, man. I 
the Lions play well at home. I'd like them to cover, but the Rams coming off that bye week, I'm not sure it's much of a look-ahead spot because I think they can still win by 10, even looking ahead. So uh, I'm going to take the Rams, too. And that is a clean pick by Kirk Fuller. <laughs> the Vikings at Patriots. It's a big one. It is a big game. 325 Sunday on Fox. All these central times, of course. Patriots favored by five. Vikings need a win. I think the they do need a win. Patriots are tough at home. I don't think the Vikings are going to win. I, I do think they split these games. Seahawks are tough at home. We all know that. I just don't see the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. I know it's not a primetime game. He's, he's better in, in non-primetime games. I know the... The Patriots' defense can be quite porous. You just happen to believe more in Tom Brady than than Kirk Cousins, do you not? Yeah, I do, and they always find a way to win these games, especially at home. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm picking the Vikings to cover. I want to be clear about that, but the Patriots are winning this one. Yeah, I I think five's a lot. Uh, This would probably be a game I'd stay away from, but I'll... I'm going to take Vikings to cover because I think they'll come to play. They're, yeah. you know, they're kind of desperate. They know that they can't fall too far behind in the division. They got their win over the Packers last week. Uh, I'm going to take Vikings to cover, but I do think the Patriots pull it out and win. Uh, week in, week out, we talk about the Vikings and how good they are. You know, they were in the NFC Championship last year. They haven't beat anybody good this year. They beat the Niners, Eagles, Cardinals, Jets, Lions, and Packers. Uh, I think this is a kind of a scary game for them. I'd like the offense to score some points, but I don't think they'll be able to stop uh, Tommy and the and the Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots to cover. Tommy, Tommy, hey Tommy, the Boston accent. Hey Tommy, Joe's got it. He's got it. Um, I agree. I mean, I don't know how you thought watching that Vikings Packer game, but the whole time I'm watching that game, I'm going the Bears are better than both of these teams. Yeah. So especially defensively. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Good one. Sunday night football. The Chargers from Los Angeles. It's weird still. The Chargers. Don't have many fans there, but they're good (laughs) at football. They're good at football. Phil Rivers has been outstanding. Uh, Going to Joey Bosa's back. He's back going to Pittsburgh. Steelers are a three and a half point favorite. Is Ben Roethlisberger done ripping all his teammates yet? You oh, see that story? What a weird team this, yeah. they've been this year. All that drama, yet they still they just, found they, a way they, to that's win. That's who they are, though. Every single year, there's drama with them. Receivers, smoking pot. Antonio Brown getting into it with reporters. Big Ben being Big Ben. And Melvin Gordon's out, oh, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Le'Veon Bell being Le'Veon Bell. Give me the Steelers. They they seem to flourish in controversy. Yeah, you're kind of right. This is at home. Uh, I I think if Gordon was healthy, I probably would have taken the Chargers because I do think the Chargers are for real. Um, but I'm going to take the Steelers here, Joe. Yeah, make it a clean sweep. I'm going with the Steelers too. I, I really like the Chargers game, and I think that they they got a chance to nip the Chiefs coming up. But uh, there's just something about playing in Pittsburgh in prime time. I, I think uh, Big Ben and the uh, and the Steelers win by uh, at least three and a half here. Also, Steelers coming off that loss in Denver last week. Denver's kind of a sneaky, decent team, especially yeah, at they home. Hang t- yeah, but they hang with teams. Yeah, they're great, but they're, they're they might need, might need a quarterback there, huh, John Elway? Hmm. Lace him up, buddy. 
Joy Case Keenum. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, all right, clean sweep on the Steelers there. Uh, you love the interception questions. Like I was counting you for that. <laughs> Washington it's better than the communist soundbite. Yeah, uh, I guess I am a communist. Why is it so loud? I don't know. It's just better that way. I think it's because you were so emphatic. Yeah, <laughs> that might be it. Really believe. All right, who's playing? <laughs> who's playing? There's another bite. Washington at Philadelphia. Eagles, six and a half point favorites. Man, the Washington's just falling off the radar. Well, their their quarter, six their and a half point leg blew up, and Alex Smith, it's an awful injury. This is your Monday night game, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you know the Eagles are winning that division. Let's make that clear. It's a bad division, and the Eagles are going to somehow come back and win it. You think so? Yes. You boy, Cowboys? I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but the Cowboys got the Saints this week. We're we're not picking the Thursday night game because it's Thursday, but um, <laughs> I do think the Saints are going to crush the yeah, Cowboys. The Cowboys are not good later tonight. Uh, who, six and a half though. No, give me the Eagles. I know Washington has a decent defense. Yada yada yada. They don't have a quarterback. Joe, what do you think of this game? Yeah, I, I'd never even thought about Washington for a second. I like the Eagles to cover. I mean, th- their corners were getting just obliterated by Cooper, and obviously you get a lot of time to like recalibrate. But I think you know the Eagles really need to snap. You know, snap it up. You got a chance to win the division, beat a decent team at home Monday night, get it done. The Redskins almost ended up covering last week against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I guess I got to go with the Eagles here. That's a lot of points, though, for a team that's been so inconsistent this season. But I'll, I'll go with the Eagles as well. As uh, we move on to a big weekend of college football. Championship weekend. Playoff implications on the line, although it's kind of less drama this year with that. I think Alabama's in no matter what. Clemson's in no matter what. Probably. Although losing to Pittsburgh wouldn't be good. I also don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's something you have to worry about. Four touchdown favorites in a championship game. It's crazy. It's been top heavy this year. And Notre Dame's already in. So, you know, you're going into this like there's basically three locks. And there's one spot up for grabs. Obviously, if Georgia uh, beats Alabama, they're in. Don't necessarily think that's going to happen, though. So the door's open, it seems like, for Oklahoma or Ohio State. We'll start with Oklahoma against Texas here. Texas ranked 14th, Oklahoma 5th. Texas, of course, beat Oklahoma earlier this season. This game's being played in Texas, in Arlington, in the Jerry Dome, 11 a.m. Saturday on ABC. Oklahoma is an eight-point favorite. I like Kyler Murray. Yeah. His last, he's, this is could be his last game. Well, they got a bowl game. Yeah, okay, you know what I'm saying. Last important game before the playoff, whatever you want to call it. Give me Oklahoma. I think he's a special player. Yes, he's going to be a baseball player. <laughs> it's his moment. I'm going to take Oklahoma, too. I think there's a revenge factor. Um, eight's kind of a lot. But I think they're much better than Texas. Give Texas credit for the season. I mean, they're coming back. They're slowly. back. Everybody knows they're back. Well, they're yeah. they're kind of back. Yeah, they're not ready to win a national title. Back. No. Um, 
But I think Oklahoma. It, it, the thing, the problem with this eight point spread though is that Oklahoma plays zero defense, so Texas can still score a whole lot, and it makes the game a little unpredictable. But I'll roll with the Sooners. Yeah, defense is shaky, but the quarterback for Texas is not one hundred percent. Um, I think Oklahoma goes in here and really puts it on Texas. Uh, I know I had Oklahoma in the the part, part one of the Red River shootout, but I don't know. It's just something about it it being more on the line here. I think Oklahoma takes it to another level that Texas can't quite get to yet. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. That's what Georgia's going to have to do. Number one, Alabama. Number four, Georgia. In Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, Georgia is a 13-and-a-half-point underdog, which, based on the, most of the spreads Alabama's <laughs> yeah, yeah, this year, yeah, it's a tight game. That's actually giving the Bulldogs some credit. Yeah, yeah. Let's be clear. Alabama's winning this. Yeah. It's all a matter of can Georgia keep it close. No. No, they cannot. Here, here's what I think. Either Alabama's going to win easily or there's going to be something fluky that happens, and Georgia wins. Maybe somehow pulls it out. I don't know that there's much middle ground there. Um, three o'clock Saturday on CBS. But how can you not roll with Alabama? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Exactly. You know, last year's national championship game was a uh, 26-23 winner for Bama. I don't think Georgia can keep it that close. The whole season, people have been talking about how great the offense is for Bama and how the defense is just eh. And I think they've kind of used that as motivation. Like, nobody thinks you guys can run with anybody. And I'm not sure if Georgia scores on Saturday, to be honest. Scores? Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. Alabama's really, really good. All right, moving on. Yeah, man. Who wants to get tackled? This is it. Well, here's the question. If... Oklahoma wins, and they play at 11 a.m. Aren't they in? Because their only loss is to Texas, and they come back and they beat Texas. Both yeah. on neutral fields, too. Yeah, they're probably in. I I don't know. I've heard from Buckeye fans who are like, well, if we smoke Northwestern, Oklahoma only wins by a little. I, I still don't know how the, ma- the resumes would match up, though, yeah. because... Oklahoma avenges their only loss to Texas. Ohio State would only have one loss too, but it's to Purdue. I I just I don't see how Ohio State would leapfrog Oklahoma because that's the thing they would have to leapfrog Oklahoma even if they blow out Northwestern. And here's my other problem: if if that's how it plays out, like Oklahoma wins by a field goal, Ohio State wins by forty. Why is there so much emphasis then on one game? Like the whole season should matter. So I, I, does it change the dynamic at all? In this game, Northwestern, Ohio State, Northwestern ranked 21, Ohio State ranked 6. Buckeyes are a 14-point favorite in Indianapolis, 7 p.m. Saturday on Fox and, of course, also on WGN Radio. What's the line again? 14. I've been hot on the Cats. I've picked three... Consecutive well, wins for them? Yeah, you, well, let's clarify. You've been hot. You've been hot in your like of the cats. <laughs> you did not get all of those picks right. They, they did not cover against Notre Dame. Yeah, okay, you well, thought they were going to win outright. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I mean, Ohio State's going to win this. The cats can keep it close. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, if you just look at the MO of Northwestern, and I feel like I'm saying this every week, but they, they've been rising to the occasion. They've been yeah, playing really. teams tight. They play up to their, the talent level. Um, they They're were with, so well coached. They were within three of Notre Dame in the fourth quarter. That ended up being 10. The spread in that game was 9.5. This is 14. Ohio State has had so many games this year where they do not show up, where they struggle. They got killed by Purdue. They struggled against Maryland. They should have lost to Maryland two weeks ago. They went for it. Maryland went for it uh, in overtime, two point conversion, and the quarterback missed a wide open receiver. They should have lost. So, yeah, if Ohio State comes out and plays like they did against Michigan, it's going to be really tough. But that but Northwestern's not Michigan. You know, there's significance in a rival, right, so, Joe? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, he's, he's still here. Good. Yeah, I didn't want. I thought about walking out. Thought about I it. think Northwestern covers. It'll be a good game. That's what I want. A good game. Joe? Yeah, I hope it's a good game. I I I wonder if in in the future they will change the TV scheduling and make it make it so that a, two games like that that have more playoff implications are paired up with each other just so that you don't have a situation where Ohio State kind of comes out flat because of what happened in a previous game. Um yeah, I mean it's recency bias, but once Urban Meyer gets going, man, it's hard to stop him. And the talent level, the speed, you know, sure, there's a there's a chance that Northwestern could sneak up on him. But, I mean, Ohio State was a preseason top 10 team. They showed it last week. They're going to show it again in Indianapolis. They win and cover in a big way. Well, the way that you counter speed is to you know, beat the hell out of your opponent. And so that's going to be Northwestern's challenge on Saturday. How can they out physical Ohio state? Cause that's what Purdue did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be the, the formula. We'll see if they can get it done. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, we'll have coverage on WGN radio uh, starting at four o'clock. The basketball team actually plays at noon. In Bloomington. At IU. They moved the time for the game. Yeah. Which we discussed. So I'll actually be heading to Bloomington. I've never been to assembly hall. I'm looking forward to that for the basketball game. Then we'll shoot back over to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Full coverage uh, pretty much all day long on WGN Radio. The official pregame starts at 6.30, and kickoff is actually more like 7.15, I believe. Uh, but big game for Northwestern, an opportunity to go back to the Rose Bowl, uh, which would be an unbelievable feat considering this team started 1-3 and three this season. So all the coverage on WGN Radio Saturday, uh, and I'll be down there in Indianapolis for all that. Key to the game, too, is get pressure in Haskins' face. I mean, that's one thing Michigan didn't do. No, Not even a sack, but like they didn't even pressure him once. If his jersey's clean, it's going to get ugly. you got to get after him. Joe Gaziano, Patty Fisher, get after the quarterback. And hopefully the field turf doesn't get ripped up like last year. Yeah, dude, that was bizarre. <laughs> the guy that came out there and saved the day by fixing the field. All right, we need to get out of here. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Joe Romano at Joey Joe Rowe. WGNRadio.com slash Bears is where you can read me. ChicagoSuntimes.com is where you read Johnsy. Search Hogan Johns. Please rate and review the podcast. Subscribe. Tell your friends about it. We appreciate you doing that. It's a big weekend of football. Some fun games Saturday. Boy, it'd be great to go back have, to the Rose Bowl. Have fun in Indy, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. You going to Elmo's? No. Prime? You know how I feel about Elmo's. Overrated. Uh, we had a, a reservation at Ocean Air, but I think we're canceling it. It's a good place, too. I love Ocean Air. Underrated town at Indianapolis. Well, we got some events we are supposed to be at yeah. Friday night. Celebrity. So. Go Cats!
Go Cats. Uh, should be fun. We get out of here. And then there's a big game Sunday, too. Bears keep the winning streak going against the Giants. We'll see. And we will talk to you when that game is over from New York. Will the Bears get to six in a row? We shall see. We will talk to you on Sunday. This package just continues to grow and grow, Joe.